That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to the best of That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. First time listening, I want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for tuning in. No goodbyes, just sneak to the we will be back in 2024 with all new episodes and guests, so stay tuned for an awesome new year full of great content. Now, if you're looking to quit or cut back on your drinking through the holidays or as we approach the new year, we have one of the best 30-day alcohol-free challenges out there, and it's helped hundreds of men all over the country quit drinking alcohol. It's called Quit Drinking Dude, the ultimate men's guide to quit drinking alcohol and stay sober for 30 days or more. And in honor of the holiday season this year, we want to give you 25 bucks off when you sign up today. You get 30 podcasts in 30 days, plus daily exercises and a private men's group to keep you connected and hold you accountable. You can sign up today. And use the promo code 25OFF. you got to spell it out, 25OFF at checkout. And you can do that at thatsoberguide.com. You can also find more information as well as other podcasts, other resources, or you can contact us all once again at thatsoberguide.com. And uh, on behalf of the Raymer family, uh, we want to wish you all a very fun, a very happy, uh, and of course, a very sober-minded holiday season. And we hope that you enjoy the best of that sober guy podcast. And man, we're going to dive into some stuff. We're going to have some fun tonight. Um, we're going to take some questions and comments. So feel free to drop those in the chat as anybody logs in. And uh, we'll kind of keep resetting the group as we as we go, um, you know, every five, 10 minutes or so. If any new people pop in or not, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I guess we're going to kind of kick it off. I'll give a, a, a very brief intro of myself and we'll just go around the horn here. Uh, my name's Shane. I've been sober since 2013, September 11th. And uh, man, it changed my life. Uh, struggled for over 17 years with alcohol. And in addition to that alcohol, there was other substances involved, but alcohol was always at the, the center of it. And uh, man, besides my wife and my kids uh, getting sober, man, the best decision I've ever made in my life. Uh, went on to uh, to start that Sober Guy podcast and just continue to, to do my best to serve and uh, not drink today. That's a good uh, good way to, <laughs> to to kick it off, I think. And uh, let me uh, let me kick it over to Jason and have him intro himself, and then we'll just go around the horn. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Rudine. I'm co-host of the Way Out podcast with Charles down there, and uh, we live in Minnesota in different areas but we connected many quite a few years ago when i was pretty fresh in this thing and uh just finding my legs and my recovery and then he wanted to change the format of his podcast about a year or so after that and i he he asked me if i wanted to help him with it and i felt completely unqualified (laughs) freaked out but i i was like you know could it hurt me no could it hurt someone else no could it possibly benefit me or somebody else? Well, yeah. So I had to say yes. That's what my sponsor told me, and I'm glad I did. It's one of the greatest blessings in my life to be able to do it, to hear all the great uh, different experiences and stories, and 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 just I learned so much from doing the podcast, man. So awesome to meet you fellas, Static and Shane, man. I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation, get to know you guys a little bit better, 
And, uh, yeah, just hopefully we have a good time here and it helps somebody, you know. Yeah, right on, Jason. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here, too. We'll kick it off to Static. Hey, everyone. My name is Static. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sober, too. That's why I'm here. And <laughs> I, so I've been sober since uh, March 9th, 2012. And, I, you know, I had a very exciting life up until that, and I still had one after. I was a professional musician, still am. Got to do lots of great things with music and the band and touring and yada, yada. And I'm really grateful that I got sober um, it kind of in the middle of that, cause I only stepped back from that life recently. So I got to really experience, uh, all the gifts of sobriety while getting to still live my dreams. But the greatest thing that came out of this was dreams. I never knew I had. And now I'm 44. I live with the love of my life. I have two cats. I have a lease in my name. I know how to clean my air conditioning, uh, filters out. Cause I didn't know that until I was a grown mature adult at 40 years old sober. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here with you guys. And Shane and I, 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 we, I did his podcast, and we actually hang out in Clubhouse once a week talking about stuff very similar to this. Uh, spiritual Armor is really about our expansion of the spiritual toolkit and just, like, the practical toolkit of sobriety. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to spending time with you two guys. I haven't met you yet in uh, Minnesota. So we got three time zones represented tonight. I'm excited about you. that, too. Yeah, that's right. Central, East, and West. I love it. Bring recovery uh, fully across the map. That's right. Charlie, how about you, man? Static, thanks, bro. We got you all covered time zone-wise. That was on purpose. So <laughs> we're yeah. that good. My name is Charlie <laughs> Lavore. I am the creator, host, and uh, producer of The Way Out podcast, along with my amazing co-host, Jason Rudine. And we help, we help people recover out loud, right? I've been sober since... Uh, December 6, 2014, and my life has been a journey of uh, uh, of a whole lot of uh, miracles since then. It hasn't been perfect, but it has been absolutely worth it. And that's the message of our podcast when we help people recover out loud, that recovery isn't perfect, and it takes work, but it is absolutely worth every ounce of the effort and uh so we're here today to talk a little recovery and uh talk about the holidays the holidays we're right on the doorstep really of the holidays <laughs> yeah, that's right? for sure it's true and that can be a difficult time for anybody but especially for us in recovery and even more if we're newer in recovery. It can be a minefield for a lot of different reasons, difficult relationships, triggers. And we know, and from my own experience and interviewing so many people in recovery, that feelings and emotions, when they are threatening to be overwhelming, that can be a dangerous place for us. And the holidays are full of those potentially emotional moments. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we can do on a, a daily basis that can help us get through this time with some sense of joy and serenity, right? I love it. Yeah. Does anybody remember any time specific during the holidays when maybe they, that you have an instance where something funny happened or you really struggled or anything in particular? I know someone's got to have something. <laughs> 
before or after? Were we talking uh, in sobriety or like right. out there? Yeah, well, so I guess to frame it up a little better, um, we all have the the instances of having to go into um, a setting, whether it be a family setting or a friend setting, uh, a party, something around the holidays. We're getting together, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and everything in between. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, so I know like for me, when I first got sober and quit drinking, it was hard to go into those environments and, uh, um, you know, and, and just maintain sometimes, you know, maintain a good attitude, maintain uh, non awkwardness too. I think that was always one that was big, like not feeling awkward, um, about like, I don't have to explain to you my whole life story why I don't drink alcohol on Christmas. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it just is, you know, especially new that first year. I definitely remember that first year. Now I'm three times divorced, right? So I'm on the back end of a third divorce. So, you know, obviously the questions come from those who are brave enough, like what happened to so-and-so, right? (laughs) And <laughs> right, right, I know that. and so do we gather everybody around to just tell you in one? No, no, we're gonna do this one at a time. Yeah. That's what's I, gonna happen. Do I right? need my PA system? To yeah, right, to right. Yeah. That would be great if we could just gather you all around and just tell you all at once. But no, they kind of corner you separately. So, um, yeah, what happened? Right, uh-huh. right, right, right. Uh, and so you get to give them the reader's digest of, you know, while I uh, was still a raging alcoholic and addict and, uh, um, you know, that um, uh, that uh, didn't work so well for our relationship. Right. Uh, and uh, now I'm sober. And then, you know, sort of like that sort of reaction um or they kind of feel bad for you that you're sober, or there's a, a myriad of, or, or it's a sometimes congratulations, but it's an uncomfortable well, conversation, especially the first time around. Right? That's hilarious that somebody would feel bad for somebody because they're sober. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, I don't there. know. That's I don't think hilarious. it's very because it makes sense to me. Like if I look back at the way I used to think and live, yeah. and I I would feel bad for a motherfucker if they weren't. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, "What is wrong with you? You haven't lived." One hundred percent. My mindset. Yeah, Jason, sober. Oh man, I'm sorry, bro. Sorry, yeah, sorry, like you sorry. lost a pet or something. Like, oh man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's man, I yeah, my my son uh, was at because like when I was first getting clean, I went to my brother's house for Christmas, and I wasn't expecting this, but they kind of surprised me. And my ex-wife brought my son there and I hadn't seen him. And, you know, you guys seen him before we started live streaming. Uh, This was when he was four and he's almost 10 now. But, man, I remember I broke down. I had to go downstairs and sit on the bottom step and just Mm -hmm. cried like hard because I couldn't believe he was there. And it just really um, it was a pretty pretty heavy moment for me and like it was it was awesome though and uh, you know how people were so supportive and even like planning stuff like that behind my back to surprise me i thought it was pretty cool you know (laughs) yeah yeah that's That's awesome awesome. yeah for for me with holidays i was always very fortunate um with my family my family doesn't really drink they're not real drinkers like i always joke around say my mother 
has been like drinking the same glass of wine at Christmas for the last 20 years. <laughs> she always like, she never finishes it. And like, of course the alcoholic in me keeps track of every year if she 100%. drinks it or not. Yeah. And they don't even drink really anything with any, any oomph to it. They, they have this obsession with this like pink wine that has like barely any like kick. And of course I noticed that they're drinking low alcohol content, but what it taught me was like, my family has so much, they're very fun, like loud Italian and crazy and funny people. And they do it all on their own. So it was, it was kind of a cool gift to like begin a holiday season and being around the family a lot. Because when I got sober, I realized how much I missed when I wasn't because yeah. I would, I would take any travel job. And then my priorities started to fall on the line. Surprise. Like, you know what? I want to be with my family on the holidays mm. and they're not really the root of any of my, I try not to avoid my family. So I realized like these people are crazy. Like they're fun. They're loud, <laughs> slightly perverted at times. They all play music and nobody's drinking. Yeah. Or they have the same glass yeah. of wine every year. So that helped a lot. But like thinking about your first holiday, you said your sober day is December 6th? It is. That's actually my birthday, my belly button birthday. Yeah. But you're, <laughs> you're, you were rolling into Christmas on three weeks of like headlong in. Well, and that's it's funny too, Scott, because <laughs> maybe funny is not the right word, but the reason, the, the, the sort of, uh, culminating moment of my surrender moment was thanksgiving and that was my uh, sometimes my oldest son's birthday falls on thanksgiving oh okay and you know long story short i had promised my third wife uh that i am uh, gonna stay sober for 30 days so i did that on um marlboros and resentments and <laughs> to, don't recommend marlboro anyone. reds were they reds they were Marlboro I picture it was a red, a red, yeah, you are red Marlboro cowboy sure. killers That's and right. resentment. So they do not recommend that. And because I was able to do that for 30 days, I convinced her that I see I'm not an alcoholic. Uh, I can uh, drink on Thanksgiving. And so I convinced her to do that. And I never liked to put myself in that box of I'm only going to have a couple because I knew myself just well enough. I wasn't really ready to surrender to my alcoholism and my addiction, but I knew myself well enough to know that I couldn't hold to, oh, I'm only going to have a couple. But I knew this was so important that I had to, like I just had to. I could not get loaded. Hmm. Everything was riding on it. And boy, I didn't want to get divorced again. Holy moly. And so, so yeah, go get some alcohol. And I'm like, I'm on it. And I got enough alcohol, get an army drunk. And there's three of us. And, you know, um, my stepmom and dad, very similar. Like, you're going to have two and then you're going to switch to water? Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, and I got loaded, right? And I got completely uh, loaded. And I didn't, and, and every fiber of my being didn't want that. And I almost cut my hand off carving the turkey. And oh, damn. Um, um, <laughs> my wife, my third wife, uh, now ex-wife, looked at me and said, what's wrong with you? And she wasn't trying to be dramatic or mean. She was really wondering, like, what is wrong with me? Like, mm. what is actually wrong with you? And my son looked at her and looked at me and said, what do you mean? It's just dad. He's just drunk again. Mm. And that was that moment, right? And she's like, you got to go to treatment. Like, you got to go. And so, wow. you know, I go to treatment and I surrender and uh, everybody say hi to Chubbs, the uh, friendly cat. 
Chubbs. Uh, we're working on that being an ironic name. It's not quite ironic yet, uh, <laughs> but we're working I, on it. I think of Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. He goes, he goes yeah. in the handshake. <laughs> That's All what I first thought of. So, so coming in then, you know, my sobriety day the last time I drank and I wasn't trying to get sober. I was just trying not to get divorced. But, you know, ultimately that started my recovery journey. So heading into the holidays headlong, like less than 30 days sober into Christmas, right? Um, heading for a divorce. Yeah, it was, a, it was my life was in complete disarray hmm. at that time. And I relied heavily on other folks in the in in 12 step i i relied heavily on um just the basic day day tools of the program right um my higher power being a big part of that and it got me through i i said acceptance like rain man like 400 times a day <laughs> acceptance 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 100 percent and over hundred percent. Like I can't control this. I'm just going to accept it. And acceptance is the answer. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and every time I recited that acceptance passage, it gave me some peace and got me through. And, um, you know, it was just like not one day at a time. It was one minute at a time. It was one hour at a time. Hmm. That's, that's awesome. I, I liked early on too. You painted that. Well, I don't like it. I like it because you're here now and you're sober with us. But you talked about Thanksgiving and you painted the perfect picture of the phenomenon craving. Yeah. You had all good intention to have two drinks and a glass of water. Yeah. But once it hit your lips, nah. Well, that's we're off. Mm. I Who had knows? no it's power. Like, it's a week later. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. I was powerless. I was completely and utterly powerless. It's crazy in that that mind, you know, after you've had some uh, experience without drinking for a while, it still can come back and go, well, you, you're all right. You could probably just have one beer. I mean, I could say I've had those thoughts after eight years, you know what I mean? The like, instant like, forgetter. Oh. Yeah, man. And it's like, as soon as it hits, like you said, as soon as that hits the lip, once it hits your lips, it's so good as Frank the tank would say from old school, another great movie, but it's true. You know, it's true. And, uh, man, who knows where it goes from there? Shit. You just painted the other side of it, the mental obsession. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah, the qualification is. of a real alcoholic, <laughs> phenomena craving, mental obsession. My life's yes. a mess even without the alcohol. Great. We have a place for you. Yeah. I was so relieved. I was so relieved when I finally I really found I'm, like, I'm a real alcoholic. I mean, yeah. that's it. That's this is I awesome. <laughs> I, I can get help. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Every relapse I've ever had was a very much shame what you described. And the little yeah. voice in my head says, Hey, Chuck, <laughs> you know, you've been doing really good, like really good. And so maybe, maybe you don't really actually need those meetings. Yeah. Right. Oh. Like you don't need them because you've been doing so good. And so you skip one because I'm listening to this. I like how he calls you Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good show. And I'm like, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll skip this week's meeting. I skip oh. it and I don't spontaneously combust <laughs> into a pile of alcohol, right? Yeah. And, and then I think, oh, oh, well, maybe, maybe 
just maybe it was all a phase. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to drink right now, but maybe it was just a phase. And that's the slippery slope that I go down. And this voice in my head convinces me that actually I wasn't an alcoholic this whole time. And I have to convince myself first so that I can go about convincing anybody that I, that's necessary in my life to convince that it's okay that I drink again. Right? And I go on this campaign to convince myself and other people that it's okay. And that's how that's, that's the insidiousness of the way my alcoholism operates. And that's how you almost cut your hand off slicing the Turkey. You are true. That's that it all falls into place. And let me just kind of reset this room really quick here. We had a couple people uh, join us. So cool. Glad you guys are here. Welcome. Uh, thanks for welcome, welcome. Yeah, checking it out tonight. And we're just having some fun talking about being sober for the holidays, what that looks like. Um, we'd love to see any comments or questions. So feel free to post those in the chat. There should be a little chat. I, I believe it's on either. I think it's on the right hand side of your screen. It should be up, at least on mine. Oh, is. we have a chat too. Look at that. Yeah. If, yeah. So if you open that. Yeah, I know we should probably do a little uh, little interface uh, thing real quick or whatever the hell that's called. Um, what's it called again, Static? You're so much better at this part than I With am. With what? Like, uh, just laying out the room, like where the, the mic button is, your mute button. Um, a tutorial? on the side. <coughs> I guess it's a tutorial discussing the, the I guess it's called the G, the GUI. The GUI. <laughs> the, uh, the, the interface? Software. <laughs> the interface. There you go. Well, I liked having it full screen. I wanted to see everybody. So once, ah, now it's not full screen. I, I have the chats. Well, so so I guess we should say then too, I think that's fair enough for all of us. Um uh, this is really, this is my second time using StreamYard, And I think it's for you guys. It's, it's your first logging in. I think static meet, you may have used it on someone else's podcast as well. Uh, my, yeah, my I've been Bill. on it a few times. Um, it's a great platform, but I'm still learning the, the, uh, navigating around. No, but anyways, enough, I have a comments, drop version. some comments in there. Yes. What's There's that, private chat too, that nobody else sees, which is cool. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, you know, I was saying, I was, I was thinking about the, the, the voice in the head, and this is like okay. a question. Like everybody always talks about, like, my disease is doing push-ups in the corner, which is real. Right. But, like, you started talking about your voice in your head, and somehow <laughs> I pictured, like, Beetlejuice Michael Keaton. Like, hey, Chuck. Um, like, but I wonder, like, what, is what does everybody view? What is, what is your voice? Like, oh, my – I always say, like, I don't have a, somebody doing push-ups in the corner. I have, right. like, in all those movies when you see a bunch of mercenaries, like, getting ready to do stuff. There's like the like you know there's like the really built woman who's like some badass like doing like pull ups over there and there's like all these guys getting ready you know who's loading magazines who's sharpening a knife and somehow my dude is always like the kind of quiet big guy who's got the M60 or something belt fed and he's like working all that and somehow at the end of that scene that guy says the thing or does the thing that's like oh fuck and that's that's my guy he's like kind of watching everybody else and he's just gonna come in. And, uh, but that's like you said, that's why we go to meetings. That's why I listen to others. That's why I help others. So I'm around newcomers. That's why when someone goes out, I'm like, I, I am one of those guys now who's like, what happened? Um, I, I don't mean to be excited, but I want to know right. because when they tell me that it's amazing. Like, you know, it's, it's not a long time, but nine and a half years without even like a drink. And I can still, when someone shares, like when it goes awry, I can still feel mm-hmm. that Absolutely. endless, like I was on a runaway train. It's like a feeling I can't explain and it always goes there. And it's, I've never felt it since. Mm. I never felt like I wasn't 
in sync with the world. So, I mean, I've had low days and depression and all other, I mean, I'm, in, I'm more than one program. I'm, I'm in, I'm an, I'm an alcoholic who's also an adult children of, you know, dysfunctional families and alcoholics. I'm, I go to therapy cause I have ADHD. I have a whole bunch of shit going on, but it doesn't feel that feeling like, I don't know. It's like, I always felt like the world is here and I'm slightly behind. It's kind of like Langoliers, that, that book from Stephen King where they're eating the planet behind you because you're late, but right behind now. Like that's why I always felt like I was right behind now and everything is coming to get me. And I go, oh, I remember those feelings even when I was dry and it's all gone now. But as soon as someone shares deep um, about something bad, like, or, or how life was, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that feeling will get me right here. I'm like, yeah. I go, thank you. Thank you. And then our, another guy I'm around has been around a long time. He always says, he reminded me of this and he said it out loud. He goes, someone was qualifying and they had good sobriety a bunch of years, but they were talking about this one situation that you could see everybody in the zoom go like our faces drop. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, man, when you said that all our faces drop, but I always remember if you're in here telling us everything's okay now. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Dude. So. And that's why the newcomers are the most important people. Cause they keep it up here for me. I need it right up front. I can't forget where I came from. I can't forget what happens if I go back out. You know, I can't yeah. think that I can play with it, smoke a little weed or have a beer because yeah. I know I'm going to end up with a pile of rocks and a bag of needles. That's mm -hmm. just the way it goes for me. And I think it's funny what you said about that guy because I was picturing my guy. I was trying to think, like, <laughs> what would my guy look like? I pictured like that really skinny, nerdy looking one that everybody's wondering why the fuck he's in war, but he's like the explosive specialist and he does. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a yeah. creepy looking fucker. That would yeah. be like he like he already did time for like some kind of like computer hacking thing <laughs> at 15. So he signed into the, the, the armed forces because he had to get out of trouble. <laughs> Just the guy who is, is capable of the most destruction ever. <laughs> this is crazy. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, instant forgetter, keeping it green. That's I, I heard important. somebody in the rooms say that he had a teflon brain that stuff just doesn't stick for very long so he has to keep on coming back to keep mm. hearing that truth he keep hearing people recover out loud so that he could remember the things that he needed to remember in order to stay on the beam right and stay connected yeah. i think oh, that's uh, a great one I think I had shared this in our in Static and I's clubhouse meeting on Monday because the same similar um, topic came up about forgetting. And it kind of relates mm. to, Charlie, what you were talking about. Like, you, you still go to those meetings. You don't need to go to those meetings. Like, you <laughs> got to stay consistent. Like, for me, not drinking is just not not drinking. It's a lifestyle. It's like how I live my life. It's a, mm. it's a part of my everyday, um, you know, everyday dealings. And uh, I remember when I was in rehab, um, we had a counselor in there named David and he had, man, he was a big dude. And this dude should have done died like 50 times over. I mean, the amount of heroin and meth and just stuff this guy had injected in, into himself. It was unreal that he was still alive and he was a big dude too, but he would pound his hand on the, uh, on the desk and he would say, you will for get and he just pounded it into our heads like i don't care you're gonna get out there back out and it's gonna be you know great and you're gonna get a year a couple years and then you'll start to forget if yeah. you don't stay dialed in and, and make um yeah. make this thing uh bigger than just not drinking or not doing drugs i mean um for me man the community the fellowship 
um, the friends, the connections, that's been such a huge part of me being able to um, remain somewhat, um, you know, obviously not drink, but just remain uh, teachable and able to grow and be, and get to know a little bit who Shane Raymer is versus um, who I had no clue when I just numbed myself out for so long, you know? Uh, So, I mean, and and this is a good example of it. This, these connections that allow us to do this, this, you know, cool live um, podcast here and, and just have some fun with it, man. It's, it's just an amazing thing. And I don't have to be hung over tomorrow. I'll actually remember it. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that I did, this time entering recovery December 6, 2014 is I really embraced recovery all in, right? And I remember listening to Joe and Charlie in the beginning and they were so important and so critical to my early recovery as were a lot of things, but they just kept saying, run that experiment and do it to the best of your given ability. And, and it allowed me to really embrace sobriety and recovery Mm. as a part of my identity not something that i didn't do right prior to december 6 2014 anytime i was sober it was something i wasn't doing i'm just not i'm not doing that anymore i'm not doing that right now right recovery and sobriety became very quickly integrated into my identity yeah and i got connected with other people who had integrated recovery and sobriety into their identities Mm -hmm. and for the first time ever it didn't feel like i was hiding that away and keeping that under wraps Mm -hmm. i was proud of it I was proud that I was that I that I was sober mm. and that I was in recovery. And that felt good. Yeah. I like that. I like when you said things you're not doing because that's a big one for me. Like there's nothing I don't do anymore. There's a whole bunch of stuff I do do. Absolutely. Do-do. It's you like just said I, I I I did do do. I live. <laughs> like when people are like well, what's it like going to, like, we're talking about the holidays. We're talking about events. And, like, you go to a, you know, the first time going to a wedding, and I tell sponsees or people that are new. And in the beginning, I was telling myself, and I still tell myself, I'm like, well, why am I going? It's just like in, it's just like if you read Working With Others in the big book, not to be, like, a thumper. Because I'm not. I'm just in a book study every week because I need to be reminded. Because to be a good sponsor, I feel I need to be in the book. Absolutely. It's not my brain. It's the book. But anyway, um, I was all blown away working with others. It's exactly what I was always thinking. It's this perspective. Do you have a reason for being there? Well, it's my sister's getting married. Well, that's not a drinking event. You're going to see your sister get married. And all these different stepping stones of perspective, yeah. all the things like, well, when people go there, what do they do? I'm like, well, they laugh. They carry on at a good time. They're like, well, why do you have to have alcohol to do that? You could laugh. You could carry on. What could you bring to? And then how could you be a service to the whole event? And that's mm-hmm. like, or to people there. And I was like, wow. And that's the kind of stuff. It really grew with me. And the more my program grew, it's like, I live for that. It's like, I, I'm now I'm finally, well, not now, maybe within a few years ago. It's like, I understand when people say the day I stopped drinking or the day I stopped using is the day I started living. Absolutely. And I, I feel that all the time. It's like, yeah. well, why am I doing that? Well, I'm going there to be there. And I was even, I had, I had to go to something this weekend that would, would have been a rough one to go to. It was a, 
old friend and mentor that connected all my friends in the music world and everything in our area. Sadly, his son, you know, lost his life to fentanyl overdose at 24 years old. He's one of us that couldn't get it together, kept trying, right? So I go there with people and it's a, it's a hard, it's a rough thing. But then I got to be around people I haven't been around in a long time. So that was interesting. So me and one of my, like my brother, my closest friend, I was in a band with him for 18 years. We went back to where the studio was. The studio's still there. I just don't go there all the time. And the three of them that were all like family, they're normal people. They could have a few drinks. This is pretty a traumatic day for them. So they decided they were just going to have, they're having some tequila shots. And, you know, kind of saluting people that are gone. And my one bandmate, and she's like my sister, She know, they, they were around me sober for years in the band. She immediately got cold brew coffee because she knew the symbolism of what was happening. She's also the most empathic, amazing human on the planet in that sense. Because it wasn't, they know I don't care about people drinking around me at all. I was a bartender sober for a few years. It's not about the drinking. But she was so observant of the symbolism of what everybody was doing that she immediately got cold brew. And then gave me the cold brew and gave me my glass, just so, not that we were going to mix up cold brew and tequila, I mean, but you never know. If they kept going, they might mix it up. I wouldn't. But, right. and I was able to even participate without right. it. It wasn't like I was fake drinking, because I'm not into this fake drinking world. I'm not into drink, think like fake mocktails that, mocktails. I don't want to be judgmental, but if a mocktail is like alcohol, I have no use for it. If that works for you, by all means, enjoy it. But for me, it's like, that's not my ride. I'd rather just drink coffee. So we participated. I got to participate in something that you would think on face value. I guess that's the Irish funeral is the nickname for it. But when people are toasting people, like you wouldn't be able to participate in that. Or you're the guy with the water bottle, like, you know, (laughs) which is fine. I'm I'm okay being the guy with the water bottle, you know. But I was like, that was like super awesome. And that does take certain people. You can't just show up to the quote unquote Irish funeral people you don't know. These are, these are people that, you know, also held, I had, I had dreadlocks most of my life, hold my dreads when I was puking on the side of the road mm. in different tours. These are people who truly cared about me. And when I got sober, supported me. So <laughs> I trusted that environment, but it was like, and didn't feel like drinking. It felt like I had my coffee, they were doing their, it was all about the, whatever we were celebrating. And I was able to be a part of something that's kind of like, you could say it's teetering, but it's, it's. Did I'm you have any. Did you have any special bond with anybody? There's like your your special dreadlock holder. You're like, man, thanks, bro, for holding my dreads last night. <laughs> you know the dreadlock you me, holders. Man. You and me. <laughs> I gotta say, the dreadlock holders. It's not that nobody wouldn't do it for me, but yeah. it was always like whoever was like new in the rotation, because we always had like certain people that stayed in a band, and never, you know, we we're like Spinal Tap, or, or we're worse than Pearl Jam. There was more drummers, and I, I, I would look back and be like, who are you? So it would be like the, the new person got stuck with my hair. Um, which was really funny. Hey, Lila, you visiting? Um, and that was, I do have some fond stories. I th- years later, I found out one person got sober really? as well. Yeah. So, and when I, they had me come speak at their meeting and I got to tell, talk about when she was holding my hair mm-hmm. next, uh, we were in Flint, Michigan on a runoff ramp. And now we're both sober. Like, how do you go from not knowing before loco is drinking too many in a van ride and then puking everywhere yeah. to like, now I'm sharing at your meeting. So I, I, I mean, awesome. sobriety is cool shit. Nothing's cooler sobriety to me. Hell yeah. <laughs> Nothing it. actually is cooler maybe today than if you are going to throw some questions into the, oh, yeah. right. You are going to yes. win one of three limited. And I say limited edition. Way out podcast. Mugs, you could put coffee in Love it. it. You could put water in it. Yeah. You could put juice in it. And <laughs> it would be... just don't put yeah. 
<laughs> what? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you could. It's your choice. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, you grown ass adults, you do whatever yeah. you want with it. Yeah, okay? I, I love it. Draw, yeah, I, I would love to see some questions and comments too, and 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 you know, whatever, and anything, share a, a question, anything. While while we're uh, hopefully uh, dropping some of those, what do you guys think about? And I think this is relative to the holidays. A lot of people drink uh, just for pure social anxiety. Uh, they just don't know how to be themselves. They don't know how to be in an environment where, um, you know, maybe maybe there is uh, there's stress, there's anxiety. They just don't know, just don't know how to act. And so alcohol is a great lubricant, a great tool. At least it seems like it at the time, right? Uh, you know, to help loosen up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So did you guys deal with um, social anxiety? Um, with that, especially coming into the holidays, that's like two trains hitting head on, right? Yeah. Having, to, having to deal with that. Uh, what are some tips maybe for, for people out there who are new or who are going into this season, um, you know, and really trying to uh, get ahead of the new year? Because we know everybody's coming with the big New Year's resolution coming yep. up. And yep. we want to praise you for that and tell you, hell yes, go with it. But if you can, you know, even jump in sooner, have at it. But what, what would be some tips from you guys? What are you guys thinking? Great question. I think it really ties into having a relapse prevention plan too. have a plan. I like that. When you go into these situations that are fraught with emotions and potentially tension and awkwardness. And look, I used alcohol early and often to ease my social anxiety, right? Then in high school, it allowed me to hit on the girls and stick up to the guys, right? And it was an instant uh, uh, confidence booster. And, you know, if you didn't like what I said, I didn't even, I didn't care. Right. So, (laughs) but have a plan, have a way to get out. If it's uncomfortable, if there's something that's going sideways for one reason or another, from an anxiety perspective uh, inside of you, uh, from an emotional perspective inside of you or something external that's going on, have a way out. Yeah. So yep. that drive yourself, you, drive yourself, yep. you know, don't ride with somebody who's going to be stuck there pounding them and then they're too fucked up to drive. So now, you know, you're screwed unless yeah. you can find a ride and, you know, good luck finding somebody to come pick your ass up on a holiday. Right. Cause everybody's busy. And then I, it's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have an escape plan. <laughs> yeah. You have a way out, have a, see what I did there. Have, Oh, the way way out, baby. That was damn good. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) I would also add um, to agree to all that, because it all fits in the same thing. I'm just going to add to this plan is to me is having things you need. Don't go hungry. Mm. Um, If you if you can handle caffeine, you know, a little caffeine definitely deals with that situation. But I always bring a bag of tricks with me, not not tricks to cereal. Even though if that's what works, that works. But I always have and, things with me. You have a little bit of candy, some snacks, some drinks that you like that are sealed. Like I still, I mean, nine and a half years sober, I don't really yeah. think about booze anymore. I mean, yes, I, if I, all of us should think of it at some point. It's what we do with that plan after. Like I might look over and be like, oh, that looks good. And I go, oh, that's not good for me. That's good for them. And then I go back to my day. But I bring stuff. I always have sealed containers at really crowded yeah. events so I don't mess up glasses. And that's a big one is that – having that plan that like, I'm going to be decently fed when I go there. If I need caffeine, I'm going to have things to drink. Cause if things get weird and nobody's like, I, I bring for myself 
And another one that I remember early in sobriety help, and this is what I help with some sponsees with that, because I, I definitely dealt with the social anxiety is, you know, because you feel like you go to the party and everybody's kind of like creepy and they're trying to get buzzed up. And the thing is like, yeah. we're, we should be working past that. And a lot of times I tell them, that's why they say, well, this is what they told all of us. Show up a little late and leave early. Because once people yeah. are kind of going, you're off their radar. They're Absolutely. loud. They're funny. You just walk in loud and funny. I mean, I know it takes us a different level of confidence. But sometimes I feel like the place is kind of dim. I would go out and call somebody. I'd call one of you. We would talk. We would laugh. We would have, yeah. and I would be, I would basically, it's like a warm up. Like you're about to get into the boxing ring. You're doing the warm up. Mm. You go in and now you're going because you're just like laughing and you're going, and then people have no idea. And the other one, when yeah. people offer me drinks, people offer you drinks. That's like in the beginning, it was like, no, now I just, they go, <laughs> they go what do you want? They go, what do you want? To, they go, what do you want to drink? And I just order whatever I want yeah. without any pause. Yeah. Yeah, but what yeah. I want doesn't happen to have alcohol in it. But if you didn't stop, they don't notice. And when people kind of push, no, I really want to get, oh, no, come on, get a drink. I really want to get you something. Um, I, I, come on, it's like, I want to get you something. It's like, you know what? I'll take a hamburger. I started ordering food on people. Yeah. So either <laughs> either what happens I mean, is, that tactic. well, they, they, if they didn't stop, they proved the point. There's a lot of people who just want to make you comfortable. And the only hospi yeah, yeah. hospitality, hospitality they know, um, right. is to offer a drink because it's kind of common. And it's right. usually like, no, no, I'm actually hungry. I'll take a burger. They're like, oh. And then you, you kind of hit that nerve. They got that grandma, like, I want to feed you thing in them. Or if they get pissed off, and they're not going to do it again. Yeah. It's like, if they do it again, they get pissed off, order lobster. I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, shit. I and I love the hungry, angry, lonely, tired static. It's a self-care. If we're taking yeah. care of ourselves, then I'm less likely to get in a situation where I am at risk. Oh, and mm -hmm. self-care is extremely yeah. important on a daily basis, but especially in times like these. Holidays are hectic and busy, and uh, these things can be uh, – these social and family gatherings can be difficult. So let's take care of our bodies. Let's mm -hmm. make sure that we're fed well and that we get good sleep. I am, like, so, so a big advocate of good sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So take care of yourself. And if – if we're in a good spot from that perspective, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, then those triggers are going to be less apt to sort of get me into a bad spot. But if they do, knowing what that feels like, knowing myself well enough to know when I'm not in a good place is also very important, right? I got to know mm -hmm. what my boundaries are. Mm. Yep. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah your prior its priority is you. Or anybody who's being sober, our, we're our own priority to be how much of it can we deal with and don't overstay, don't like, and what's our purpose? I'm going back to working with others again, the big book. What is our purpose for even being there? And if yeah. you can't find purpose and you're not spiritually fit, don't go. Yeah, right. that's good. But but I, would, yeah. I would I would say, too, to challenge yourself, like, especially if you're really early in recovery, because I think we are, you know, early on, we're still operating under our previous understanding, which is that this is going to suck sober. I have to be lit. I have to be high, you know, or I can't deal with so-and-so. And I'll tell you right now, like all that stuff in my experience was a lie. Like I can have fun sober. I can deal with so-and-so sober. I can actually feel better because I had a conversation with that person, you know, and I, 
and we could finally air out the shit that I've been hanging on to for the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. like being willing to suit up and show up like is, is really big. And, you know, again, if it's going sideways, then, you know, have that escape plan in place. But really, I think a lot of times you'd be pleasantly surprised at how much fun you can have and how much uh, more, you know, like we just have twisted perceptions. Maybe you think you got this beef that is so serious with somebody and it really wasn't even nothing, dude. Yeah. Like you just talk to him for a minute and it's all squashed and then you have, end up having an awesome time. Like, yeah, most of the um, time we make we make up stories in our head and they're worse than they actually, you know, they were, you know. Oh, no doubt about I love it. That. I love the I love the pregame aspect too, you know, pre pregame in. Um I think that came up a couple of times in different ways, but uh just being prepared, you know, going in know where you're going. And I think to Static's point, what's your purpose? Do you got a purpose yeah. to be there? If you do, awesome. Then be there the time you need to be there. And once that purpose starts uh, you know going away then get the hell out of there and have a ride you know i love it we got a question i'm gonna i'm gonna post this up here in just a second i you know i'm on the i'm on the youtube stream on my phone too and i I don't see myself how to even add a question on there so i don't know if anybody uh knows on there but uh, i don't so hopefully that's not an issue for for anybody else on there i just didn't see a um a place where you can add a comment but in any case let's uh let's start with this one this i believe it's from aj uh, it says, how do you guys deal with resentments with family members while at the family event? I love this question. So, yeah. so common. Like, wow. It happens so many times. I struggle with putting on a positive face for my niece and nephew while dealing with my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Uh, who, who wants to kick it off? Feel free to jump jump in. I would love to jump in on this. Nobody loved a resentment more than me. Um, I love to be a good resentment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But in sobriety, they're in recovery. They're not that helpful. And contrary to what I thought as the truth is instead of just sort of like trying to bury that resentment down as deep as I possibly could and uh, putting on that face, um, I would pray for that person uh, Mm. if I knew that I was coming up to that event. And this is. Uh, sage advice from my sponsor uh, and um, uh, even if I didn't mean it uh, I pray for that person uh, over and over and over and over again again like Rain Man until I meant it you're, just bra- you're, you're basically brainwashing yourself into that 100%. Just say, I mean that's and, and you know what's funny Charlie is my sponsor uh, gave the same advice to me and still continues to do so man if you're struggling with somebody just pray for them. Like, and, and if you want to help somebody, but you can't just pray for them, you know, we can really use, use that to our advantage versus the latter for me, which is, it sounds like uh, AJ, this may be something for you too, is getting pissed off and really having to white knuckle it. And, and because of anger and stuff, I mean, we can't control people, places, things static. What's your take, man? This is an amazing question because this isn't like how do you go to a party and like people are drinking around me. This is the real stuff. So, AJ, yeah. thank you for such yeah. a deep question. And if you're into comments, AJ, do you want to expand on what we're talking about? You could, you know, throw a little more in here with us. But, um, yeah, that, that resentment one, it, it's it, – it, if hmm. and this has come from any point of view. This has come from uh, the people who identify as alcoholics and addicts. This is for people who – 
have resentments because they grew up in alcoholic and addict families. You know, this this is this is for our brothers and sisters in Al-Anon and ACOA and recovery is all around. Our tools are all the same. We just have Truth. different ways, the different yeah. doors that got us here. Truth. Um, and I kind of my sponsor taught me the same thing. The resentment is on us as much as even if if even if a logical person, which I'm not because I'm an alcoholic, I'm not allowed to have logic for my own life. I can have logic for someone else's um, <laughs> says you have a reason. I can't have a reason. Because that reason will, will, will kill me. Resentments are my death. Resentments will take me out. Resentments will put me in all the behaviors that will lead me directly to a drink. And a lot of the behaviors on the way could still kill me. So I got to use what my sponsor taught me as well is, is pray for them. I go back to purpose because we're talking about happy faces for nieces and nephews. Um, and if you don't have resentments against your nieces and nephews, and no judgment if you do, um, that's really what you're there for then. Um, for me, if I knew there was somebody and, but there was somebody else I really wanted to see, I got to bring the positive to the people I want to bring the positive to and then pray for the people where the resentments might lie and make sure my side of the street is clean. And, in, and I don't know where you may be in, in recovery or in recovery at all, but in the program recovery that I, I work, I think most of us all said we do here, we learn the tools to deal with resentments. And once we get through all that, um, it's, it, it goes away because once I find out what's my part in it, you know, I had a great guy explain to me that you could, you know, you got to be able, you, could, you should be able to find your part in almost everything that happens, even when something bad happens to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, say you had a guy saying like, I'm struggling right now. I need a place to sleep on the couch. And you, you know, your friend's in and out of rehab and he's got some drug problems. You let him sleep on your couch, but you decide to leave your wallet out and he steals your wallet or her and you're mad at him to go. And this guy's like, guess what? That's your fault. You set that person up to fail. You know better because you're working this program. So it's just a little bit of like the more we take responsibility for ourselves and then clear it, the best we could do. Now, does the situation suck? Yeah, it probably does suck. And we don't know any details or whatever. I don't need to know any details. But um, in the end, if you want to see your nieces and nephews, that's who you're going there for. Whoa, what's that? Oh, 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 that was actually the cat on the other computer and she hit the space bar and she's That's awesome. She's startled because she was holding it and then looking for the sound. And I'm like, Oh, wow. your sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know what I, where I want the cat. I, don't got know. Me. I think I peed myself a little right there. Though. That was heavy. I thought it was like sci-fi movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that's pretty minus sure. one, yeah. you know, yeah, pretty yeah, sure I can turn into an alien. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good or bad pee. That's, that's, another, uh, that's I mean, always thing. good. Okay. If it's I, if it's sober, it's always good. Let's just let's be real, okay? But uh, uh, AJ, you still there? Are you able to interact with us at all? You don't have to. I'm just curious how this whole streamyard works. We're learning this while you're on. AJ, you're on experiment. Got, indeed, and I gotta tell you, I, I I told my youngest son that I was streaming for the first time. I'm a, a streamyard virgin. He says, okay, Dad, but whatever you do, do not watch the YouTube stream at the same time. <laughs> Are you doing it? Are you watching? No, <laughs> no, no, I'm afraid that, to because I think I'll break the internet. That reminds me like when, when you would call up like the radio and then you'd be listening right. to the radio. <laughs> to hear I, was, your I think it's a similar concept. It you is. Just, yeah. 
it's a feedback thing. Yeah, you don't want to do it. No, I'm not gonna lie. I actually oh, do have Angie. It here. Oh, we're saying Angie. AJ, so it's AJ. Oh, so we're sorry. So hi, Angie. Angie. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Angie. That's my bad. See, I, I, I think I set us up to fail. Angie, all right, I set us up to fail on that. We're, we're learning together. So thank you so much for the question, too, Angie. That was great. Do I just? Are you? You're chatting now, Angie. We could see yeah. it. We could actually see you're chatting. Now we just got to figure out where you're dropping comments in on. I see uh, it. I see it. I see it in YouTube. Because I still oh, right. can't find it, but that's okay. But is is YouTube pushing it here? Because that's a YouTube logo. Yeah, it's next so, yeah, it I is. think YouTube's so, pushing it in here. Yeah, so so people can stream. People are watching this on on YouTube, and then they should be able to drop a comment in on YouTube. But for some reason, for me, I just I can't find where to drop. The I'm on the live in. chat. On uh, yeah, <clears throat> okay. Yep. Maybe it's because they're on a desktop. Maybe you got to be on a desktop or something. Cool. In any case, uh, I know we had a couple of, uh, uh, and feel free, Angie, to if you got comments, questions, anything, feel free to jump in anytime. Uh, and, and anyone else watching or listening right now as well, if you'd like to do that, please feel free to uh, jump in the chat. We'd love to uh, conversate, interact. Um, one of the but Angie, did- I feel you because I had a resentment with my brother uh, uh, for many, many years prior to recovery and mm. into recovery, and it was wildly uncomfortable during the holidays it was prior to me completing my step work and that prayer really did save me from wanting to choke him uh at christmas so so it helps is what god grant me the serenity to not choke this motherfucker out yeah (laughs) until at least after the turkey exactly let's eat at least first then I want they're docile because they're tired from the trip to fans, so they're docile and <laughs> yeah, easier yeah, to slow motion. They pass out on the couch and go draw all over their face, like when we were oh, 16, yeah. you know. Put, <laughs> cup of warm, put their hand in a cup of warm water. <laughs> Did that ever work? Yeah. I tried that on yeah, a buddy one yeah, time. We, I never we tried it, it many work. times, I and I don't think we were ever successful. You the wait until they fall asleep and just punch them in the nuts. That's my brother. That's straight to the point right there. Dude, I woke up and I was like, Ran right down the stairs, chased him out in the front yard. <laughs> That's funny, Angie. Right on, right on, Angie. Great. Yep. I, I I like your sponsor. Oh, you mentioned something too before we got into the, the deeper stuff about um, the going to the event, and we said get there late, you know, leave early. When people ask, because um, I, what I realize is if you could just hold on for a little bit while everybody else is drinking you will automatically become the smartest person in the room. Oh, you're like a wizard <laughs> Jedi. If you can get like a half hour in, it's just like, you're just like a Jedi. You're just like, Hey, I don't want to talk to you. Go, go over there a minute. Someone wants to talk to you. You're like they're gone. You're like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah. if that just gets you by that helps. It's like for a minute, you're the smartest person in the room, whatever. Don't let it go to your ego. Like you're not really a Jedi. You can't tell the cop like, Oh, this is not the ticket you want to give. But when people are drunk at a party, you can be like, hey, maybe you should go over there. And they go. It's weird. Right. Well, then, too, it's like once people start getting sloppy, that's like my cue to be Yeah. yeah I'm out. Yeah. Purpose. I yeah. actually kind of have fun talking Purpose. to them when they're starting to get buzzed and stuff, you know, like. But in the beginning, when uh, people start getting yeah. sloppy, then it just starts. Yeah, they're like, hey, hey, Jason, you want to come <laughs> out on my boat? And you're like, bro, yeah. you don't even have a boat. Like, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. 
or I'll be Drunk like, promises. I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying because it makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool story, bro. You told me it like three times already in the 10 minutes yeah. we've been here. So yeah, yeah. I think it's my cue to leave. <laughs> How about that? That's the worst, dude, when you got to hear the story like over and over. And you're like, dude, you yeah. just said that. But like, at the same time, we have a little compassion, right? Because we've indeed. all been there. So I'm like, yeah. I, I always try to balance it out. About but, it. All right, y'all. So I'm a huge self-care nerd, as Jason knows. So I want to hear a little bit about what each one of you do from a self-care perspective that helps you get through the day-to-day, but also becomes, I think, even more important as we uh, run headlong into the holidays. Uh, So Shane, hit me up with uh, your self-care essentials. All right. Self-care essentials. I I love it. Um, So there's a few of them. And I think that taking care of myself um, physically, spiritually, mentally, they all kind of roll together. Um, Static knows this. We we talk a lot about this on on the clubhouse meeting. I feel like it comes up often, but uh, just a walk in the morning. Mm -hmm. Just a, just a walk early. And when it, we have a mastermind group, actually, that we meet with on Thursday mornings, too. And oh, a yeah. few, few of us dudes that it's a cool little group. And one of the things that came up this week is just like, like do you do you drink? We were talking about morning routines, actually. Do you even do you drink water first thing when you wake up or do you go right to coffee? Um, do you do some sort of meditation, some sort of prayer? Do you get some exercise in um, for me? Uh, you know, my, the, the diet thing is, is kind of up and down. And actually I just want to point out static has been doing an amazing job on that, just crushing it. So good job, brother. Just want to give you a little love on that. Uh, it's not easy, dude. That's something big that I struggle with on, on just the, especially with kids and like, you know, living a a fast paced thing. So, um, good stuff, but the day-to-day things, man, they're, they're, they are pretty simple and it's, it's prayer meditation, some exercise, gratitude, a huge one, being grateful for what I do have. It's real easy to look at the shit I don't have or the shit I didn't get to do or what happened or what didn't happen. But how about all the things that um, God's blessed our family with? And let's just start with uh, not having a drink today. I mean, there's a, there's a good one right there. When I stay in that mindset, um, you know, it's it, it tends to set me up for, for success that, you know, in that, that day, um, and then if we kind of apply that to, to the holidays, I think trying to stay consistent in that and trying to, uh, have a plan, like, you know, came up a couple of times. Um, and then I'll end with this, not being hard on myself. I'm not trying to check boxes. I'm trying to do things daily that actually I can, I can handle, I can do that. I want to do, I don't just want to force myself to do things and um, get overwhelmed and then not do them and then beat myself up for them. Like I have some days are great and some days I struggle a little bit and I don't hit it exactly how I want to. But if I can just get a couple minutes in of any of those one things in the day and, um, you know, try to stay grounded at some point, then I think that's a good place to start for me. Mm. Great question too. Thank you. bro. Absolutely. Tremendous static. Hit me up. What's your self care essentials? Ooh, self-care essentials. Um, well, I, a lot of the program stuff is consistent with me as well. The, the, the wake up, pray, meditate, but my, my start off is water. Um, I, I don't know when I started really getting into that. It was a little while ago and I just, as soon as I wake up 32 ounce Mason jar of water, I have to just crush it down. 
And I realized it, it really, I mean, it's so silly. It's water. <laughs> it's magical. But it really, it changes so much. Like all the ricks and creeks and everything that's going on, you just start to hydrate. And even if you got like a dry, you feel like your face is kind of like caving in with the heat on in the winter. It's like you slam the water and you're awake. It's like, um, and it, it, it makes me not want to do anything else. I push, if I do want coffee or tea, I make that like an afternoon thing, like 12 or 1. So I don't want to rush into my day. Um either eat a little bit or we go do a walk. Um, not too long, maybe two mile walk. And then now it's really picked up a lot. There's a lot of stretching involved. I do a stretching thing for 10 minutes. Then I make my oatmeal. And one thing I always try to do is I try to be very present in all my actions and mm-hmm. everything I do, I try to create a situation where I matter enough or like if you're even going to have, if you're going to toast a bagel, which I can't have cause I can't have wheat, but from the freezer, you got a frozen bagel. You're either going to toast it, or are you just going to eat it out of your hand, or are you going to put it on a plate and treat yourself well? So I try to mm-hmm. take those little moments and be present in all my little mm-hmm. moments. Um, and then lately, it's been my diet. It's really changed into a very clean, healthy diet where I'm eating on a schedule every two hours. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of my other self-care directly comes from the amazing stuff I learned in the program. I call alcoholics. Yeah. I go to meetings. I pray. I meditate. I try to help others. How can I be a ser- I really try to look for how can I just be a service to somebody else that day, and that's pretty much what it is. I got to get better to sleep stuff. You're mentioning sleep. I'm not a great sleeper. Um, five hours normally, five to six, five seven, but um, it's really been about eating right right now, being really present. Um, you know, I got diagnosed with ADHD like six months ago. I, I made it 44 years. No one knew, but since my life isn't as extreme as going on the road and stuff, it kind of showed itself. And I'm doing yeah. all these things just to, just to make myself straight, shoot straight, you know, like, cause I, I could not eat for it. a day. So, but this is good stuff. Yeah. I, I love the self-care stuff. It's really important, but this program is self-care recovery yeah. is self-care pro. I mean, if you, I mean, the only recovery I know is AA 12 step NA like that world. And, um, really Lila. Okay. Well, <laughs> she, Lila. she doesn't care. <laughs> She's looking at me. I'll, I'll be back. Um, sorry, I just I don't have a mute. No okay, let me let me just shut that computer off while uh, while she's uh, there. But yes, this is a self caring program, and uh, I'm gonna take the keyboard with me, sweetie. If you could you could go step on something else now. Um, and I love how I'm wireless, and you don't see me. And I'm walking by. So this how to keep this away from the cat. Um, petting the cats. This sounds really silly. Um, Kira and I interact with the cats a lot, mm. and just. Uh, Cats are magical. They really do help a lot. But they yeah, are. Recover- they, recovery is self-care. They help you be present. Because they're Static, really amazing. Present. They're yeah, really they, present, right, cats? They're crazy yes. present. Yes. We have three like, of them. And okay. they are uh, present beings. And if we allow ourselves, we could be present with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they're stepping on the keyboard and sending a sci-fi noise throughout a, 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 a panel podcast. It's like something off Star Trek or something. It did. The laser gun. It did. She yeah, wasn't like startled at all. Yeah. She, she wasn't startled. She was holding with full confidence. Like, I'm holding this down. It's beeping. And I'm staring at you. The same creepy yeah. stare when she's on the litter box and looks at you. You're like, eh. Anyway. Too much. TMI. I'm done. I love it. I love it. Self-care. <laughs> Yay. Jason. Hey. So, man, I don't know, you know. I'm not there yet with the, the like physical fitness piece, but you know, that sounds amazing. And I always really like feel convicted when I hear people share about that stuff. And, you know, I, I got to remind myself to 
Shane's point earlier, you know, about not being too hard on himself when I'm feeling that way. But, you know, because it's easy. If I want to, I can find things focus on and beat myself up about, mm. you know. And I, I got to remember that I'm right where I'm supposed to be in this moment and that I'm a work in progress and things have changed, right? Um, but for me, first and foremost, in the morning, obviously, uh, I need my coffee. <laughs> and then from there, I, I try to get in. I get in touch with God. I usually do that. Uh, like if I'm on a work day, I, I listen to this program through the Bible on my way to work and really listen to the teaching and meditate on that scripture and the teaching behind that day's, you know, message. Um, and then really, I think the biggest thing for me is like, like what static said, you know, like, am I practicing the principles in all my affairs? So like I, when I go, whether I'm going to work or to, you know, a meeting or to Charlie's house or to my mom's place or wherever I'm at, I need to be my authentic self no matter where I'm at. So I, that yeah. means I really like, I'm just really where like, I'm at, I need to open. I'm, I'm open with people about my, my life, my experience. And, and I try to keep my focus more on others than it is myself. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like when I'm at work, I'm always looking out for my people's at work, you know, because I'm a I'm a lead at the company I work at. So, you know, from day to day, I'm on a different job site and I got a different crew. Most of the time we got a ton of employees and I I try to even at work, you know, be like if I if I see something's up, try to extend the hand and I just try to be there um, for people, you know, if I see a need and you know conversely then i like i ask for help when i need it too like i'm not gonna sit there and act like i you know i i have to be self-aware and i think thanks to the program i am acutely self-aware today like i really know what's going on with me and if i need a damn meeting or if i need to reach out for support dude i'm gonna do it i also know that you you gotta you gotta be focusing on others too 90 percent of the time if i'm in a position where where like i'm just stuck in a rut and i feel like there's no way out of it that's the solution for me to get out of that rut out of that funk is to be of service and then it's like i forget what the hell my problem was in the first place so really i just think it's just carrying that everywhere i go um it is a lifestyle right type choice that we make to to do recovery and i I take all these things that i learned and i just try to apply them to my day-to-day and if i'm doing that then i feel pretty good you know so i don't so far so good man (laughs) absolutely and all amazing self-care i'm I'm in on the water static i'm in i love it i'm trying that and maybe it's gonna make me not want coffee after that we'll see Right. We'll see, but we'll take that one step at a time. Right. But I love the water. So I'm all in on that. You know, for me, it's about being intentional through the things that I do. And I'm very capable of going on autopilot and doing these things in the name of self care and not being intentional and mindful as I'm in these practices. Right. So 
prayer prayer and meditation is helpful for helpful to me if I am being intentional and mindful. Yeah. In that process. By the way, static, congratulations on the road to greater wellness from a physical perspective. As a former fat kid, <laughs> and still like I still have an inner fat kid. Um yeah. like that's not easy, right? Mm. Um the other things for me, definitely I, I I covet sleep. That's important for me. So I have a good sleep routine and I maintain good sleep hygiene. And that really sets me up for the next day to be real. Camille, yes, I walk all the time with my recovery dog, Louie. <laughs> so that is tremendous, right? And Doing things like that from an active standpoint that I love to do. Some people it's walking like me. I was just like born to walk. And some people it's some other physical activity, right? But um, maintaining that physical activity as well as staying spiritually connected and being mindful in it. Because again, I can very much just go through the motions and not be present in it. And that does me no good. As Shane said, to just check that box. Am I checking boxes? Yeah. Right. Or am I being mindful and intentional in the activities? It, right. To Static's point about, you know, am I going to just wolf this thing down, or am I going to have a, a, a meaningful meal here that you know um, uh, that's that means something to me? It, it robs us. It, what I'm hearing is you kind of described that it robs us of being uh, in the moment when we're when we're in that state and um for me it affects my ability to kind of think about stuff too it's almost like you feel like a robot sometimes just i'm just going about my I'm on autopilot right? yeah so. autopilot that's a great way to put it yeah total autopilot uh and and the, the the day just seems to go by so fast too when i'm on autopilot i hate that and you know so we're busy so i mean we all have you know lives and families and jobs and all kinds of stuff to do but um I think being in the moment like that, if we can even reset at any time during the day, is a really big point of ground, like grounding. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like we we did our uh, our mastermind meeting Thursday morning, and um, a friend of ours, Roland, brought a, a great guest speaker, a, a friend of his on. Um, and uh, the first thing he did before he uh, kind of you know introduced and and set the stage for our meeting is he said, "Hey, can can I let's can we get grounded real quick? Can we get mm -hmm. grounded?" I had a really Bit, like a lot of stuff going on in the week hadn't slept much i was just go 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 and when he said that it was just huge feeling of relief when we sat there for just a couple of minutes and just kind of breathed sat let our feet hit the floor just grounded ourselves and just reset and it was really a a, a great um you know time to just uh to just sit there and be in the moment for me it's like oh yeah that's what i need to do I wish I could remember that every second of the day. I guess that's why they call it a practice, right? We've got to practice. This yeah, it's not just indeed, indeed. Continuous. One of the things too. that I think is self-care too is, and it may not sound like it at first blush, but having fun oh, yeah. in recovery is a form of self-care, right? It's amazing. And that's not always super easy for us to do, especially in the beginning. Like uh, everything that we did that we that I associated with fun was connected to alcohol. How do we have fun in recovery? 
Yeah. Well, that one to me is like, it's back to what we were talking about before, purpose and perspective. And there's a lot of things that I didn't know I enjoyed until I was sober. Mm, Like there was a lot of fun and, and it, it is, but it's also connected. We're talking about being intentional. That's a big one for me. And sometimes it's actually part of what is a problem with me. Cause part of my version of ADHD is I'm hyper-focused on everything I'm doing when I'm doing it. I'm like almost who present in that and you can't get me out of it, but with good recovery and meditation, it becomes like things work, but having fun, you know, it was kind of like we were talking before. If you're at the, if you're around people you care about, there's ways to have fun. This like, I'm more prone to have better conversations at events or parties. Um, and fun is not described like I have fun doing things I never thought were fun. Like I have a lot of fun, you know, just being aware of other people. I have a lot of fun, you know, talking to my cats um, or singing to the cats <laughs> or doing silly things with the cats. Um, I, I notice fun uh, and fun is like a loaded word, but like it, I, one of my things that I think is really fun if I'm at a supermarket or any place in public um, and we try to like meet, you're, you're, you know, you're rushing to the register and there's like somebody's going to beat you there. Or you're going to beat them. I let whoever I basically let the other person always go before me. I don't care if I'm first hmm. because then I have this ability to strike up an interesting conversation because I had this obsession. Like I think there's just cool people to talk to online, but people are always like adversaries online. They don't realize <laughs> that you could be they, in this together. Right. Um, right. This is also an alcoholic mind because my mom talks to everybody where she goes. She's fine. She's the one who drinks the same glass of wine for the last 20 years. And I, yeah. I like she just has she's like that. Um, other fun in recovery is it's I mean, really literal things. I do things I never thought I would do before. I like well, when we could go to the movies all the time, I like going to movies. And since I have a weird work schedule, I could go to a movie at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. And it was so much fun for me. And and maybe this is wrong. I don't think this is like sober breaking wrong, but I would like have my, my bag with like pliable or something or in my bag. And the coolest thing for me is to go see a movie at 11 AM with a spread of food that I really want to eat. And nobody's in the theater. You could go to like the premiere of star Wars at 11 AM on the day, like the Friday it comes out. There's nine people in the giant IMAX theater. And you're there, and you're just like, that's so when you fun. have like a cheat, like a cheese spread, that'd be amazing. Like a cheese tray, <laughs> like bring that in, and like that would be the drive-in movie great. with my sister. She rolls like that. They do the pickup truck thing where they put the two lawn chairs and the two beach chairs, so you're kind of like level seating. And my brother-in-law yeah. put a sub and a sound bar in the back of the pickup. So when you go to the drive-in movie, and she puts the coolers between us, and she's oh, pulling out like Manchego amazing. and fig spread. Yeah, my, my family does food well. I'm really grateful yeah. that they're not a drinking family because yeah. when you're sober, you get well-fed. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, uh, you know what was really fun? I, I know I'm kind of rambling about this, is I didn't like theme parks. I never liked theme parks. It wasn't my thing. But this summer, I got to go with Kira, and she's got these little cousins that are like six and eight maybe. And they were so stoked to go to this universal theme park. And I was like kind of dreading it. Shane and I were doing a, a, a sober, one of our, our clubhouses while I was driving into universal. Right. And I was saying to myself, well, first of all, recovery taught me is who else is going to have fun? So I focused on the children, right? Mm. Sure enough, you get me in universal. I'm a little kid. 
I'm having a blast. I'm running around <laughs> Harry Potter world with a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. I know nothing about Harry Potter at this point. I'm, I'm, I found out what house I belong to. I was so ecstatic about it. And it's like, I, if I was drunk, I wouldn't have that kind of fun. I wouldn't think mm. about life through the eyes of a child. It's and that the childlike joy. faith, that childlike spirit. You know, it, it really it does is, come yeah. back out when we sober up. No Dude, doubt about it. Yeah. It's like it's like what I was saying earlier, you know, like you might think that it's going to go one way, but if you suit up and show up, it's like a completely different experience. Yeah. That's awesome, man. How, <laughs> no so doubt. Gonna, you know, we can find like that guy said in the comments, we can find new things that we didn't do or couldn't do prior to recovery. And uh, really embrace those new activities. Hiking is a huge thing that I embraced in recovery. And it was always in me. I always liked walking. But, you know, you know, now I get to go on hikes with my girlfriend and we get to go to these really cool places and see these really cool spots. And so finding these things that... Like axe you know, throwing. Yeah, like axe throwing. Can you imagine? Probably better hammered? sober. Yeah, probably a good sober hobby. I'm Absolutely. proud of you, that guy, that it's it's sober you're doing this now. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. But we can have fun in the small things too, and that's the one thing. It always had to be all or nothing for me. Yeah, all or nothing. Yeah. It had to be spectacular, or it was terrible. Yeah. And in recovery, I've learned to appreciate the humor and the fun and the small things in life. I, my cats, my cats and dogs are hilarious. I mean, they're hilarious, <laughs> right? Because I pay attention to them. Exactly. Yeah. I pay attention. I never even had a, the only pet I ever had prior to getting sober was a cat and I lost him. Right. And so, uh, because I wasn't paying attention, that's why. Right. So, Wait. so now I get to pay attention to these crazy quirky little animals that have these distinct yeah. little personalities and it's great. We have mm -hmm. a ball. Right. And I know yeah. it's nerdy and I know, but it's fun. And it's awesome. it's, it, I think yeah. it's great. It's genuine, you know, it's yeah. genuine too. That's what's, that's, what's great. And uh, <laughs> you, you reminded me when you said all, all or nothing, I, I remember very clearly, you know, of quite a few times, um, I think I mentioned this alcohol, always the main thing, but there was other substances and there was a lot mm -hmm. of uh, white powdery substances that came into mm -hmm. play at times. And I can remember my, my wife saying, well, 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 can't you just save that for another time? And you're like, save it? What are you, crazy? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm staying up all night, so this shit's gone, and then I'll try to pass out, which probably won't happen. But, uh, yeah, no, no way. I can't just, like, it's pedal to the metal, you know? No doubt. And uh, I think a lot of people roll like that, and uh, I'm grateful that I'm still here, number one. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, get to recognize those things and put them into simpler terms these days, a little easier. You, you want to take that question there, Charlie? Do you see that come up? Come out. That's a great question. Thanks for yeah, putting that. That is an out. awesome question. Amazing question. So many in early recovery or even long-term, right? Don't have family to go visit during the holidays. And, you know, loneliness and isolation is, a, is really tough because we are social beings. And when we associate the holidays with being connected with others, it can feel especially painful and acute not connecting with those in recovery uh, it, from a family perspective but that's how uh, connecting to a tribe 
uh, in your recovery can be so important, right? So get plugged into your local recovery community. There's tons of stuff going on, especially during the holidays to get you connected, right? Yep. Uh, And you're not going to want to go, but go. Go exactly. Yep. Go. Just that's go. one of those things where ignore the not want to and just go, yeah. because you're going to meet some really amazing people, and you will connect to others that are experiencing the same things you are. That maybe there's some stuff going on from a family perspective that leaves you disconnected for whatever reason might be, death or you know estrangement, and get connected to the folks in your local recovery community. And that could be a huge deal, right? Um, and and make all mm-hmm. the difference. Totally. Yeah. That's that's amazing advice. And, and the more you connect with people in your recovery programs, like like they they have organized things. Like I used to help with alcathons, like every Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, like different home groups will host a place for people to go on the holidays for like it's like a huge or sober dances is another more universal term for them. But they would just have these awesome parties, like all this food, because you have a lot of people in recovery doing it. So they care about the food. They care about the music. They care about the togetherness. But then when you make good friends, I don't know anybody right now that's in like working, like has a bunch of people in their recovery life that's alone on holidays. Because the first thing I check with, I I think people like, oh, they might not have anywhere to go. Like, what are you doing on the holidays? Like a lot of us will check in on each other. And my friend Buddha does that a lot. He's an older guy and he's funny. He's like, yeah, best thing I ever got is a sponsor Frank. He's Italian. Christmas is great. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> he's like, he's like, he goes, I guess in New York, Italians, Christmas, they kind of go big, you know? Yeah, so, it's yeah. awesome. The other thing no, I would yeah, say is man, be of service people... in these. Oh, sorry, oh. Jason. The other thing I was going to say is be of, uh, be of service in these events because a lot of times, especially in early recovery, man, I was awkward and I didn't have anybody to go with right away. And that's a that's a tough spot to be in to just show up and be like, hey, you know, um, yeah. but to be of service. And, and, and when I had a job and I had a purpose and I had a role to be there, a I didn't feel like I was going there alone because I was working with other people that were also being of service. And then I was meeting these people that were also being of service, uh, probably for a lot of the same reasons I was. And we bonded over the work and over being of service. And then I met people that came. So a great way to you know, sort of ease yourself into these recovery, sober events is, you know, volunteer, be of service. That's smart. That's really good. Then, then you have a purpose for being there. That's right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's right. Well, I was just going to say something about like that. I know some people actually, because they see that need, you know, they'll like, throw up a thing at their house and just invite whoever and they'll call it like a, fr- a friends giving, you know, absolutely instead of Thanksgiving, you know, uh, if you don't have anywhere to go, come here. Right. Yeah. So, so I, because of that point, I was just going to challenge you too that maybe, you know, if you see the need, then maybe that's something you need to do is throw your own friends, start your own thing for the people that you see friends giving. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes maybe it's just that nobody's stepping up to the plate to do the thing that you see that needs to be done and you know, the people that need it. Right. So if that's the case, maybe you should give it a try or try to be the one that brings that conversation up, you know, and, and uh, start that new trend. Yeah. I know for me in the having fun department, dude, I was thinking about that and I was like, 
I remember when I was first getting clean, right? I never had no money. I never had no money to go out to fellowship after or whatever, but somebody always would buy my, buy me some food or buy me a pop and give me a ride. And boy, I'd, I felt awkward as hell at first. I didn't know them real good, but I'll tell you what right now, like I realized is these people in, in recovery are, they're sick and twisted just like me. So we have the craziest conversations and laugh harder than hell. And then I was literally like, I mean, my cheeks would hurt. Like I was laughing so hard that <laughs> I ain't never laughed that hard since forever. Like since as far as I could remember, you know what I mean? Um, it's just nuts how you, you connect on these weird levels and then everybody's uh, kind of like, Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. You're the, your brother from another mother, right? You know, yeah, like that's, that's just, so just cool. the deal. Right? I, I love well, it too love because the, for yeah, for so it. long, for so long, we we were uh, selfish, you know. And then someone shows you a little bit of love like that and buys you something to drink or uh, you know something to eat, and you just kind of kick it for a little bit of coffee. Um, and maybe like you were saying, Jason, it doesn't really make sense at the time. You're like, what the hell is this? Like this, you don't want anything from me. You're just going to like right. buy me something to drink. What's okay. The, it's kind of what's weird the catch? Yeah, what's right. the catch? Yeah. What's in it? Because we, that's how our minds have worked for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when, when that, when that moment goes off, like you described, like, where you're like, oh man, it's kind of makes sense. And then you get to turn around and go do that for somebody else. Yeah. Man, that is uh practicing the principles in all our affairs like no matter paying what forward. situation or yeah paying it forward exactly man. i love that dude and it and it's like you're gonna go do some shit for somebody out of the goodness because you want to serve not not because you have expectations either and then it's just this big circle that maybe that's like the fellowship you know that's it's Beautiful. right there and the paying it forward you know you were hitting on that a little bit before the direct one about buying people food or something to drink was when you're saying if you feel a need for a party when we were talking to camille um, it's like you got to throw the party then. And, and it's like, I'm not saying you have to do that, Camille, but it's like when we're in recovery and we're doing this and we're really turning it over and listening to the suggestions of other people, it's that the thing you start to adapt is like, well, if I thought of it, I got to do it because you're helping somebody else. So a lot of people might want to do it, like you said, but then somebody needs to step forward and be the one. And if you're right. thinking someone needs to be the one, that means you got to be the one. And not to be silly, that's kind of like Billy Madison where he pees his pants to make everybody feel okay. Yeah, in the movie, like we're all cool now because we peed our pants. I know it's a weird example, but you mentioned pee earlier, so that I had to go bring that example. But <laughs> that's the thing is, we're all united now, and you—it's like be the change that I want us that you want to see. And, and those are those higher power moments, right? Where we're when we're connected, we're listening to our higher power, and we are presented with myriad opportunities to be of service and show up with love in kindness mm -hmm. to our brothers and sisters in and out of recovery. Yeah, exactly. Right. Service for all. Absolutely. So, hey, Camille, Angie, that guy, if you hit me up on uh, Insta and find uh, and uh, let me know how to get these amazing mugs to you, I will do that, right? So hit me up. You get a mug, okay? You win. You win. You're winner, winner. Congratulations. Dude, honestly, you guys, I have been wanting to interact with these people in this chat. I can't even figure out how to respond to it. So you <laughs> can't so 
I was just going to ask Static, did you go on YouTube and respond, or were so you I went on... on YouTube. That's why I accidentally almost put the audio back in here. I almost pulled the radio move, but <laughs> okay. I'm on YouTube. I paused the YouTube, and I could uh -huh. see the chat roll by, but I could respond to the chat because mm -hmm. right now is it is a dope snare. Um, said they just yeah. celebrated two years, but if I wanted to type it in, I'm going to type in through YouTube. Shane, you might have different access because you're hosting I, the room. I right. do. So, and you guys can see the you can see the question or or just celebrated two years from Dope Snare right now, right? You guys, yeah, we should focus on that for that? a second, not to cut yes, us off. Can we? Two yeah. years, two years, yes. two years. Yes. Today-ish. Do you want to sing? Like, I mean, I'm from the East Coast. We celebrate. We call them anniversaries. But now yeah. with Zoom, I'm from all coasts on recovery. And part yeah, of it is singing, singing really Coast. badly for people I'm when in. they get a year. Uh, I'm so, in. I'm all you guys in. ready? Yeah. All right. Ready? Dope snares is for you. Ready? <clears throat> ready? Key of no. <clears throat> all right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dope Snare. Dope Snare. Happy birthday to you. That was terrible. Great job. Absolutely. They say that's an honor on the West Coast. I'm still trying to learn about it being from the East Coast. So that's Dope Snare. Like, or is this a, is this like you're into like really good snare drums, or are we are we snaring animals in the there. backyard? Here's a beat machine <laughs> on the on the logo. Horrible there, the Dope Snare. And I'm thinking about how you make a snare to, to trap small animals when you're hungry. Uh, like a, the animal's been ensnared. Is it smelled spelled different? That kind of snare. Whoops. Oh, I hear myself. You did what I did to you. Right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I went right back. <laughs> See, I couldn't, when I logged into YouTube, I couldn't even get the comments to come up, but I think it's a setting. You have to open up Please. a setting to do the live chat. So that's something I'll have to probably go do back in. I'm glad you guys could see it though. Too. Your mind's on. I have it. Horrible. I'll yeah. take it. That's great. Yeah. Beats. <laughs> so you're not, you're not trapped. You're not beats. trapping muskrats He's or not rabbits. Ensnaring animals. Got he it. says no. beats. Yeah. Excellent. And the thing is, no one would expect a guy from New Jersey who lives like 25 minutes from Manhattan to even know about trapping and things like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of an odd anomaly for this area. <laughs> respect from Minnesota. Respect, you know. Mad respect. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit. So, Dope it. Snare, like two years. When, when's the date? When's your date, Dope Snare? When's your sober date? Drop it. I love that we have, by the way, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, Minnesota, California, Dope Snare, that that guy, Angie. We're not sure where you're from, but if you want to drop him in there, it's always cool to see, too. Yeah, it is. Dope November 4th. Nice. Yeah, Hell congratulations, yeah. brother. Hell yeah. November 4th, 2019. Two Sweet. Years. Uh, a lot of miracles, man. That's a lot of miracles. Wisconsin, is that WI? Angie, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin represent. That's where my girlfriend Grew up, born and raised in Wisconsin, and so uh, I have a lot of love for Wisconsin. <laughs> Never been Green Bay though, right? Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Green That's Bay. The, the cheese. Yeah. That's the first thing I think of when I think of Wisconsin. Yeah, no, I'm a huge Vikings fan. My girlfriend's a big Packers fan, so mm. we like each other uh, 363 days a year. <laughs> you guys That's share a, a border, ride. right? Wisconsin and Minnesota have a border. Yeah, yeah. we do. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> It's like Braveheart. <laughs> My first time in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois on tour was when I just joined the band 
and yeah. we went out on an acoustic run in early February. Yeah. Oh That's my God. an experience. Even coming from New Jersey where we have winter, we don't have yeah. that kind of winter. And I remember drive, we're driving, and I look at my bandman and go, why are all those cars parked on the field out there? He's like, dude, that's a lake. They're fishing. He didn't say dude. He's not a dude guy. He's a bro. We're bro guys. He's like, bro, that's a lake, man. They're out there fishing because that's how cold it is. It's like, what? Uh, I have a good friend from Georgia, and he always says, brother, the lakes freeze solid where you live, and that's just not okay. You yeah. Know? If your car breaks down – Far enough away from the gas station, you could die in the winter. You like it's that's life and death in here wow. in Minnesota, right? So. Denver, yeah, us, Cal- us California folk out here, we're like, oh, it's sixty five. Grab your jacket; it's cold. <laughs> really, dude? I'd be wearing my shorts. Bro. We're wearing shorts. It's hot. I would be wearing shorts. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And I'm down south right now. Before we head back up north, and today uh-huh. in mid November. It was 86 degrees today. Unbelievable. I mean, that was like wow. abnormally hot today. Yeah, but wow. it, I mean, I'm talking eight in the morning. It was like the middle of August here. That's it's, crazy. It's November. Yeah, it's super crazy. But it, it does dip down a little bit. It has been lately into the 60s. And everyone here is like, oh, it's cold. And then it rains and nobody <laughs> knows how to drive because you got a little <laughs> rain. A little different than Wisconsin and Minnesota and probably even Jersey as well. Just a little bit. Jersey, we, we learn about winter. We just don't have it as long. And maybe it doesn't plummet yeah. into sub-zero yeah, as – deep arctic that guy in denver yeah denver, colorado we got denver colorado mile well. high, mile high. every oh, time bro. i've been to colorado i almost never i almost didn't leave i love colorado it's a great place mm-hmm. we got snow today too angie we did too a little yeah. bit but same thing melted yeah. right away yeah. ah so just That's a, a quick little time, really little, snow. It's quick a nuisance. Check no, it's it's six thirty my time, nine thirty. Yeah, I think you got, how you how what's the time check? You guys want to go until uh, until seven, or you want to go to the hour? Or do you, what, what do you guys? Whatever. Think? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, we can go to the hour if let's, you want. Yeah, let, let's go till seven. We'll just plan on that, and I'll, I'll give us a time check about five till, and then we can start to uh, to wrap it up. Sweet. All right. I'm just checking these comments again to make sure I'm missing questions. I love it. Yeah, I love getting some comments and questions. We've this is snow, fun. This is really cool. What are the I like that the mountain we talk shirt. about you guys, we talk about winter and we talk about how crazy winters in Minnesota, Wisconsin get. One of the things that's really hard is we don't get a lot of light in the winter, and that can really affect your mood. Right. And many people in the Midwest, especially upper Midwest, Minnesota, but everywhere can suffer from seasonal depression and seasonal affective disorder, which, you know, combined with the holidays and post holiday sort of glum, that could be a difficult deal. Right. And to navigate. So maybe you guys have some experience around managing and dealing with some of that. Uh, you know, winter blues and seasonal depression, huh? Yeah, I don't hmm. know. Like, for me, I know that early in my recovery and then before I ever found recovery, it's when I had burned so many bridges, you know? Like, nobody would, like, I was always alone on the holidays for quite a few years. And, man, it was it was like my life was lonely, dude. Don't get me wrong. My life was. But for some reason, you have this new layer of like, I'm supposed to have loved ones, right? 
or mm-hmm. I'm supposed to. So now you're like shooting all over yourself about what you should have as opposed to what you do have. And you start feeling sorry for yourself and sit in the pity pot. And it, so it would really like the holidays would really magnify my already negative feelings. Um, and then when I first started getting uh, clean, you know, it was like, I put some time together. I was starting to struggle with like feelings of entitlement, you know, like people should be forgiving me and thinking that, you know, everything should be hunky dory because I was clean for a little bit, you know? And, um, unfortunately that was just part of the process in the beginning, you know, I had to make, you know, but that goes back to what we were just talking about too, with the, um, if you don't have somewhere to go for the holidays type thing, like that's where that recovery community really saved my butt. They got in, like I created my own family. I created my own, you know, network of people that I was able to celebrate those things with. So I didn't have to be alone. And then I would listen to their stories, which took me out of my own head, my own little personal narrative, my own like pity pot story that I was telling myself. So win-win, you know? Absolutely. I think about when we're dealing with, Uh, these kinds of external factors that, you know, this seasonal depression that certainly I I suffer from, right? And if we're layering on some, you know, difficult things with holidays, uh, I I really think getting rooted in uh, uh, the the dimensions of wellness, like, you know, uh, am I, you know, putting money in the bank from uh, these different dimensions of wellness, my spiritual wellness, my physical wellness, my emotional wellness. For me, therapy was really, really critical for me early on uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, some trauma and some mental health stuff. And I really got uh, some really great tools coming out of that to be able to move through some of those difficult times, uh, again, especially in the winter when I tend to feel down more and I tend to feel a little bit more blue and um, I can use these things to help, you know, get through that. One of those things that Shane talked about on the top was being kind to myself and just understanding, like you said, Jason, I should feel better than this. I should be happier than this. I should, uh, you know, I should just be a ball of, you know, uh, joy 24 seven, right? That's not realistic. It's not. not, And we're going to go, we're going to have these ebbs and flows. Now, my experience has been they kind of they've mellowed out more the longer I'm in recovery. But that doesn't mean that I don't lows and I can reach back into my toolkit uh, from a wellness perspective to help me move through that with some self grace and self forgiveness knowing that I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to be Mr. Chipper all the time. Sometimes I'm going to feel a little down and that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. That's a heavy one. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great thing to think about, you know, cause seasonal depression is real. Some people get affected more than others. And even when you don't think you get affected, I'm starting to learn that, you know, there is the importance of sunlight because by nature, I'm a very nocturnal person. Um, especially being in the music industry all this time, I was perfectly designed for it. I'm great at night. I'm up at night. I like darkness. Um, not like, ooh, I like darkness. I just like the dark. Um, and I, I, like that. I, 
I could be, I could be inside for a really long amount of time and very occupied, like working on stuff. And I can't discount the importance of getting just the sun into your skin. And Kira, yeah, Kira that I've been living with for a long time, she really is heavily like momentarily affected by seasonal depression and not getting sunlight. She's got to go out every day and be in the sun. And now the other side of it, I have all these, I'm very ritual based kind of person. Um, I'm, I'm, I have no problem saying I've pretty much been like, I, I'm like a witch in many ways. Um, but I, I, cause I like ritual. I like things to have little packages that go with it. So usually when it starts getting really gray, we're getting into gray life. And I've also yeah. been very fortunate to experience almost world travel as a musician. Um, like mm. I'll do something the first gray, cold, rainy day, I'll immediately just start making tea, like English tea that I like, you know, either Yorkshire gold or PG tips, like what would legit English people drink? Um, I might crank like a, like a Smith's record or something and like, and just go full on, like drink out of my doctor who teacup. Like I'll adopt like a whole, like we're in the UK now, this is going to be like UK time. And I'm getting to that, that zone and, and love my, my hoodie and my, my denim. And in the winter, you know, part of the reason the Christmas tree, Christmas tree is from, the Nordic um, cultures is from Norse folklore. It's bring an evergreen tree into your house when the world looks dead because the right. evergreen stays green the whole time. The Yule log is a way, it was a way of making a long burning log to keep you warm. This is all pre Christmas. It's not knocking. It's a great borrow. If you love Christmas and you're a Christian, amazing. And this is where it's borrowed from because it helps. And that's, so I decorate with lots of, I do a lot of colored lighting as it is. So I like to have all lights that I can control and I just try to make the environment as warm as possible in the winter to the point where you can literally look at the snow falling outside with the warm lighting and the right tea and just say like, and then if you are lucky enough, I'm super grateful. I have a place to live. It's not big, but I could cook food. I can make things warm and then seasonal cooking. This is back to health and wellness. We're meant yeah. to eat seasonally. Yeah. So in the winter, you got to make warmer, heartier, food and if you don't cook just get it but like root vegetables like it's it's really to start studying what people would do in those regions at those times and it does help a lot with that but or and yet some people say they get a sun lamp too so if I you're have, really up there i have a question for it's if since we're on this topic and if anyone feels like they'd like to answer this when you're you mentioned the smiths i love music you know so yeah that's how it came up I, if I had to pick like on those gloomy days and, uh, you know, I got to be careful. My wife will always remind me, like, what is your go-to music that you're going to put on? For me, it's Portishead. And my, mm. my wife will like just go, what? She'll give me a little Not that she doesn't like Portishead, but she knows it's just in this. There's a certain mood and a, yeah. a way it's got to be. What about for you guys? Oh, dude. <laughs> that's. I love you now. Uh <laughs> Cause that's my shit. Um, but I, I was thinking if I'm thinking more like depressed, like if I'm, cause I don't know, I was thinking about like, sometimes when I'm depressed, I just, you know, cause static was talking about just going into this one zone. Right. Yeah. Like for me, yeah, I was, that reminded me of like, when I get depressed, sometimes I just have to, and I learned this in therapy, I have to like be able to just sit in that feeling. Right. Yeah. And like experience it so that I can move through it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if, it, if I'm in that zone, the cure wish oh, yeah. and yeah. about 20 and about 20 candles 
and <laughs> I'll just cry a lot. <laughs> Jason's up there crying, listening to some. That's, yeah, that's pretty much what you do with the cure. <laughs> yeah, it is much. what you do with the cure. Red lighting, you know, the whole thing. What, what about what about Charlie Static? And then let's let let's let's follow this up with just to leave it on a high note. What about some motivating type of stuff sure. afterwards? But let's All stick. Right. I want to hear you guys. All first. right. So yeah, if I'm blue and I'm down and I'm just in it, and I'm uh, and I'm just gonna sit in it and just, I think that's a form of acceptance. By the way, if I allow myself to sit in it and feel it, yeah. right? instead of trying to eject out of it all the time, yeah. sit in it and feel it. It's radio. It's absolutely Radiohead for me uh, it, when I'm in that mood. Nice. Hmm. Um, I will always. I'll go with the sit in it. That was a great lesson I learned as well. Because I look at if I'm in a feeling, um, if I fight it, I don't progress. If I jump in it like a train car, I go on a ride with it and hopefully get to my destination. Um, music when I'm down, that's a funny one because I usually, if I'm feeling down and I'm in it, since I'm the person who spent most of my life creating music and the band I was in and the kind of sound I have is resembling of Depeche Mode and The Cure and darker stuff like that, and we use it as a filter to bring light, I won't gravitate towards that mm -hmm. in sobriety. When I wasn't sober and I wanted to fucking be in it the wrong it. way, yeah, I would, I would do that. I would like light it all up, but I'll try to push myself away from it. And, um, I want something with a little more of a groove. So if I'm like kind of down, it's usually towards anger. I'll go heavier with music, but yeah. most of the time, if I'm feeling, uh, like I need to kind of have that, I don't want to use the word opiate, not the right place for that, but that kind of <laughs> serene feeling, yeah. I'll go with really old records like oh, yeah. Edith Piaf, um, old Dean Martin, like mm. just kind of croonery that I'll get into that, that, that zone, um, a lot. Cause that's not where, cause I won't bring the stuff that I love into my, my downer. Yeah. I do love that stuff, but I won't go down with that. That makes you sense. Know, like, you separate it. I like yeah. it. Or I'll, I'll jump right out of it and you put on like, uh, you know, freedom from, uh, oh, who, oh, he died recently too. It was awful. The, the lead singer of Wham. Um, not, I'm not, yeah, not, I'm not George sure. Michael. Oh, but I have one of my favorites to put you in a good mood. Like I, I have a good mood list for that. Oh yeah, this this song. I guess I'm I'm big into Christmas, right? I already started listening to Christmas music. Oh, he's uh, what's that? Right on. You're that oh, yeah. guy. You I love that I just, guy. I love it. I just love it. Love yeah, November first. You were cranking it, right? Yeah, you, it had your, you had your 1st, Santa that's, hat that's, on. That, that, that's right. And there's a song by Wham. And uh, it reminds me of like Last when Christmas. I used to work in an old department store because it's just that Christmas like, uh, you know, song. So, OK, so speaking of that, let me bring this <laughs> next one up. What music motivates you or brings positivity to you? What mm. music motivates you or brings mm. positivity to you? We, we said the, the down. What's the up? Right. I'm going to jump on this one. Motivate for me is like it's always to me. It's like this like X-Wing Jedi mode. So that's usually one of them. My favorite one is to put on the ultra record, the Pesh mode. Mm. And there's something about the way they lock in the groove to the ambience because they could, they could be serious. It could be solemn, but they, the Pesh mode really focuses on that pocket and groove in their solemn music. So I look at it as being more like meditative and focused music. Mm. Wow. 
I'll I'll jump in. I I love some some reggae, and I'll go all down different different tracks from Peter Tosh to Stick Figure, um, even some Sublime. Man, gotta love that yeah. West Coast Long Beach uh, sound. And the reggae just does something for me and puts me in a good mood. It puts me in a relaxed mood. Um, just really allows me to uh, to kind of chill out. And that's a tough one too because I think I I think you guys probably are similar mm-hmm. in this. You, different moods require sure. different sounds and it just For depends sure. how it is on any given day it could be hip-hop like yeah. like static's mm-hmm. been playing some great hip-hop coming into our uh to our um uh, mastermind group man some uh uh what's his name from uh from gangstar um i'm drawing a blank uh guru Guru, yes, I love man. I had, when did I put Guru on? Well, oh, you like you, Guru? Okay, yeah, I didn't put I like Guru on Guru, yet. But it just, it just yeah. kind of reminded me of that vibe that I think it was not this week, but last week of just that. It's like, it's like jazzy, just hip hop, man. I love that, that, that style too. Oh yeah, yeah. And for me, it's definitely in the ska punk vein. Mm. That music, man, always, always gets me in a tremendous mood. Like, it's just infectious. And uh, I'm bouncing down the street with my recovery dog, Louie, singing like <laughs> the mighty, mighty boss tones at the top yeah, of my lungs. Awesome. And people are looking at me like I had I definitely relapsed, which I not. <laughs> uh, so that's my jam. Wow. Uh, Man, yeah, I always find this stuff so interesting because I think I and I got to learn to maybe treat myself better with this because I'm res- always responsible for everybody else's music. Yeah. And I could I could really soundtrack anything and anybody and like pick the music for other people, but for me it's like I got to I don't fine tune it as much. So I got I got to you know do that for myself more. Yeah. Oh, I got some people we got some people answering too. I asked in the chat. Toby Max album I on it. There we go. Oh yeah, Jason. What's yours, dude? That, I'm like racking my brain over here. I love you guys' picks. I I'm like, uh, I don't know. My musical tastes are so all over the map. I mean, I've been I've had people describe tell me that like if they have to be in an hour car ride with me, that they get musical whiplash. You know, <laughs> I um, love it. But dude, I oh, yeah, uh, bridges, yeah. I know that's funny, and I'm only bringing this up because we talked about sad cure. There's also like really, really happy cure. So some of that, some of the happiest damn music I've ever heard in my life, you know, like, oh, dude. Why can't I be you? Unstuck and and Friday I'm in love. It's like, oh, just so bubbly. It's totally bubblegum. Tremendous. All uh, tremendous. Boys don't cry. I really dig dig old school soul, old school R&B. Like back in the day, like, you know, Al Green – you know, Marvin yeah. and and then disco too. You I know. love disco. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then yeah. and then like today, I was rocking out for like an hour and a half at work listening to Motown. Uh, I started up with uh, I looked up that song "Pump Up the Jam" by Technotronic, and then I just let it <laughs> yeah, roll. Pump it up. So I was listening to like "Whoop There It Is" and yeah. Tag Team. Oh, you went, dude. Yeah, dude, tag was for it. Full send, full send. I was listening to all sorts of this crazy, like, you know, 90s dance music, you know, and I don't know, man. I just like it all. But anything like that, that's really just upbeat, that'll literally, you can't help but have it pick you up. Like, if I'm in a sad mood, I'll be like, trip that shit off, because that's 
killing my sad vibe right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's funny you mention that too, because like I, I tend to curate playlists of all different styles, and that's what mm-hmm. I'll use. It's like like some days it's the old crooner stuff, right. some days it's the, the cure and Depeche Mode. Like they all live, all those bands will live in the same section, and then I'll go into the the funk and Motown yeah. depending on the mood. And the funniest upbeat Cure song is "Why Can't I Be You." It's the second cut on Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, because it yeah. comes out of nowhere, and even Robert Smith is acting silly when he's singing it. Yeah. And you could just be like, you're like, what just happened? Like, you're like how did this happen? There's horns? This is like, right. anyway. I go on about You know, the song that I've got now stuck in my head is Umbop by Hanson. That song, oh, no, right? Come no, on, no. There you go. I, I love you, but I just can't. I know what's, I'm all you know what's really it. sad, Charlie, is I can actually, like, per syllable, I can sing that fucking song, <laughs> and, and people look at me like it's the weirdest shit because it's been thirty years almost. Yeah, it reminds me though. We, I, I remember going to prom when I was in high school with my girlfriend at the time, and we were in a convertible, just listening to that. And it was so anti, you know, because I was, you know, it was Nirvana, and it was, you know, uh, Pearl Jam, and it was, you know, that's the music that I, you know, tied my identity to at that time very securely, and um, and and. and she loved this song from Hanson. We're just blasting it at the top of, uh, and, and it was, it's just this great memory. So I think mm. music, if nothing else is very emotional and oh, I have yeah. this emotional attack, you know, memory of that song. You, you oh, just reminded amazing. me of another dark one, dude, some Alice in Chains. There's nothing yes. like putting some Alice in Chains on. If you're just 100%. feeling hundred like, percent, oh, yeah, I, I can do, I, I love them still, but I can yeah. only do so much, especially if we're talking yeah. about the older, like the really, the, yeah. Or, yeah. or the really Super darker dark. side of Alice. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that went through obviously all the albums, they had some deep, dark tracks, but yeah. I just yeah. used to slam a lot of dope to that shit. So, I mean, I can only do a couple and then like I start feeling mm-hmm. weird. Like I can feel my arms wigging out and I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Get the chills. But no, I thought of one, like probably my pinnacle right now oh, or cool. lately, Bill Withers, dude, like oh, Bill, Bill Withers has yeah, some of the most oh. uplifting shit that I can yeah, right now I would think if I had to pick one on the top, it would be like some Bill Withers, man. My love That's why I love Christmas music. It just how can you not be in a good mood when oh, you hear great. Christmas music? Like That's it's great. just you're just happy. It's, so I'm just, I, you know I love it with the kids. Oh yeah. I, lo- I love doing the, the Christmas music with the kids mm-hmm. and singing along in the car and stuff. Like those are great memories because that's stuff you don't do usually during oh, the yeah. year, right? Absolutely. Which is you know, this eclectic mix that we're all talking about. This is why I absolutely adore 89.3, the current here in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. The public radio music station, which is just the best because it's got it's, you'll hear Bill Withers and then you'll hear Leonard Cohen and then you'll hear you know, um, uh, Aretha Franklin, and then you'll mm-hmm. hear Leon Bridges, and you'll wow. hear, you know, everything in between, The Cure, um, and uh, it's just a, such a great eclectic mix. You get you get all of it. Yeah, they don't bow down to any genre. No. That's for no. That's that guy's mentioning some cool stuff right now. Yeah. And, uh, see that. This is a Superman, and so... I actually, part of what I do, I mean, I still do music full time, but I also, last few years, I work with at-risk youth programs and all these different youth clubhouses all over the New York area. 
And we work with two indigenous tribes. We work with the Shinnecock tribe in Long Island, and we work with the Mohawks mm. up in um, near Messina, New York. Their, their place is amazing because they're actually in Messina, New York, Ontario, and Montreal. So when you're inside, you can actually jump from border to border and nobody gets mad at you. Um, and I think I've heard this artist, that guy, because we were um, doing a, a program with some of the young people and they were doing a, a traditional dance and the drumming was like mixed with DJ beats, but it was all the traditional drum grooves. And uh, I really love that so hybrid cool. stuff. So it's... Uh, I've been on that. It, there's a fun little fact about indigenous drumming. Uh, the actual backbeat that we pull into a lot of the music in this country comes mm. from that drumming. A lot, you know, a lot of people will just talk about the blues and they talk about Afro-Cuban grooves and all this stuff. But when we think about the actual, the backbeat, which is that in all of the, the rock music and everything, that's where it's actually pulled from. That's amazing. It's not, it's not necessarily pulled from um, the islands or um, African grooves where a lot of our rhythm and our syncopation comes from too. Is all of, everybody's influence is all in our music now, but that backbeat. They've been tracing that all over the world. It comes That's amazing. It, it comes right from here before the before the rest of us even showed up. Wow, <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. For sure. That reminds me of like Creedence Clearwater Revival. Everybody yeah. thinks that's like a bayou, like Louisiana mm -hmm. kind of like swamp sound. And they were from California, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. So just because it sounds <clears throat> like it's got this feeling that sounds like it should be from there, don't mean that's where it's from, right? And everything borrows. I just, I'm just a big proponent and people totally. should really reveal their influences and learn totally. where their things come from. And when you borrow yeah. something artistically, please remind people who brought it first and appreciate oh, everybody's ancestors because yeah. we all have ancestors one way or another. And uh, True that. yeah. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let, let, let me do a quick time check here. We got about five minutes. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go around, man, and let's uh, just have some, uh, you know, close it, close it up a little bit. You want to uh, add some encouragement, some uh, thoughts, whatever we want, and uh, uh, yeah, let's let's start there. And, and maybe throw some recovery resources. I know we want to throw some of those out. So if you got uh, recovery resources, you all want to shout out too. That'd be great. Yeah. I guess I'll uh, I'll just say this, man. I I am grateful to have found a new way to live, and I'm grateful to be a part of this show. Uh, anybody who's listening to this now, or if you watch it in the future, I just want you to know, you know, like you're not alone, even if you think you are. And I'm very easy to find, like super easy to find. You see my name right there. You know, Jason Rudin, I'm on all the socials. You can find me, no problem. And I'm, I try to be available. So if you, if you need uh, someone to talk to, you need anything, man, just let me know because we do this together. You know, somebody did it for me. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a bunch of other people that were selfless. So mm -hmm. I would try to be available yeah. to people if they need help. So just want to let you guys know you are not alone. If you need help, hit me up. It's good, man. At fear is a liar. You can see the ticker down there, guys. Uh, it's we'll, we'll leave all these. Uh, you can see them as well to follow on. Oh, it's an amazing tag too. Fear is a liar. That is, is awesome. Great. I'm just typing it, is, it today. I'm like, this is awesome. It is tremendous. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'll go. <laughs> um, so I I could list gratitude all day, but I want to point out a big piece of gratitude I've had this past since March 2020 is for recovery to find a foothold in 
technology even further, mm-hmm. Zoom, Clubhouse, because it's bringing us together mm-hmm. that we might have not have ever met. And this ties into like, what do we do when we're alone? You could, I, I have at least a dozen alcoholics and addicts that I could just text, be like, yo, you want to jump on Zoom and call impromptu hangs. Um, technology in this aspect has been so amazing to bring recovery to a new level. And I'm so grateful for it because it, it elevated my program. It brought me closer to people. I, I just, I, I'm just, everything that's happening amazing in my life now is cost of recovery and how it expanded in this format. You know, people could talk about the pandemic. There's things that definitely bad happened during all this. And it's, but I have to be grateful that all the greatest things in my life so far somehow have happened these past two years. Mm. So I'll leave it this way. Oh, it's resources, resources. Uh, Yes, my name is also cruising there. I'm very, I recover very out loud on my social media Instagram account, which is the static is noise one. Oh, if you, if you want to know more about, you know, how I got sober or people to meet, if you're new in this, um, please just, just hit me there and I'll connect you to whoever I can connect you to. Uh, Shane and I have a clubhouse group on Mondays, uh, noon, uh, East coast time. I guess that's 9am West coast time. And everybody else could do their math and the rest of the world. And we talk about recovery there. It's not as strict as going to a traditional meeting. It's a nice way to get a buffet of recovery and a little taste test. And uh, yeah, I'm always here to talk. I, I'm with the la- I'm with the I'm with that vibe. You you need you need it. I'm here to talk yeah. about it. So find mm-hmm. me on the socials. Oh, absolutely. I'll jump in. For me, people that know that meaningful and enduring recovery is absolutely possible. It's not always perfect but it is absolutely worth it. And recovering out loud allows us to tell other people that it's possible. And our stories matter. They matter so much. Your story is going Mm. to hit people that my story never will, which is why we share so many of your stories on our podcast, and I know Shane does the same thing, right? We're sharing these stories because they're meant to hit people in a way that ours can't, right? So uh, just know that recovering out loud makes a huge difference in people's lives, and that's how we identify, connect, and and realize that we're not alone, and that meaningful recovery is absolutely possible and 100% worth it. The resource I'd shout out to is Transitions Daily. We go to dailyaaemails.com. There's just a ton of resources there. Hmm. Uh, you can sign up for uh, daily emails. That'll give you the, all the meditations. There's uh, uh, online 12-step groups. There's just a plethora of resources out there for you at dailyaaemails.com. And uh, uh, be blessed and be well, everybody. Yeah, good stuff, man. I love it. Um, and folks could obviously find the podcast, right? The Way Out podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, any of the major platforms, right? Right. Yeah, and Indeed. and also, like, as far as resources go, I didn't name any because I know way too many. So if you want to know about resources, again, just hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will, uh, I'll kind of, uh, tie it up here and then we'll, we'll get on our way for tonight. I just want to thank you guys uh, for, for being here tonight, gentlemen. It's been awesome just to hang out and, and just have some fun, man. Like, I think this is such a great example of being able on a Friday night, you know, for a couple of hours, get together, um, and just conversate, chat, talk, and have some fun and in the process be of service as well. 
Um, I just, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on some of the resources too. Transitions Daily is great. Um, I, there's so many resources there. I'd highly recommend that one. Uh, you can also go to thatsoberguy.com. We have a bunch of resources there. If you go to thatsoberguy.com slash meetings, we have a bunch of meetings there. Um, and then Static and I, like Static mentioned, that we have our Monday clubhouse meeting at 9 a.m. Pacific, t- uh, 12 uh, p.m. Eastern time. And uh, man, just like Charlie said, you know, you matter, your stories matter. Um, we're all in this together. And, and when we come together and, and we talk about it and we share with each other, man, there's just such strength in that. So, um, you know, just remember if anyone's struggling, don't give up, man. We only lose when, when we give up, when we, when we keep going and we keep trying and we keep doing uh, the best we can do, man. That's when good things happen. God works. And uh, I love it, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity to do this today, guys. Totally. Oh, yeah, tremendous. It's been awesome meeting you dudes, man. Yeah. And Shane, man, I, it's it's been a pleasure. You know, I this love has been Charles. amazing. I've known this guy forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and ho- hopefully, you know, that this was kind of like our first run at this, and we're just kind of learning as we go. And and, yeah. and maybe, you know, hopefully in the future we'll be able to do something, uh, you know, another another thing like it. And we just get a little better each time. So I, I love yeah, that. I'm gonna definitely learn how to comment on this. <laughs> and, and, and absolutely well, I'll echo yeah. what everybody else said. Absolutely reach out to me. Uh, uh, and if there's anything I love to do, it's yeah. talk recovery. So, Amen. love it. I'm gonna eat some tacos, man. Me my, too. My, my family's oh, bringing me home Sancho's tacos right now, so I'm excited. Oh. Color me jealous. Color me jealous. So hungry. So good. Comfort my right. six. Bye, everybody. Be well. All right, fellas. Much love. Guys. See you guys See later. You guys. Later.